Welcome to All About the Benefits. This show is dedicated to helping you better understand the world of benefits so that you can better serve those that serve you. And now, here's your host, Lori Jewett. Hello, you guys. Welcome back. I'm super excited to have you back and super excited to have Steve Gamlin back. Now that I'm not a newbie, my voice isn't shaking anymore. Um, So you guys probably remember Steve, I think from like my third or fourth episode in the very beginning. Um, So super, super excited to have the vision board guy back. And Steve, go ahead and introduce yourself and thank you again. And let us know, you know, give everybody a refresher who you are. What do you do? Sounds great. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me back and look at you go rock star i told you if you get past like three to eight episodes is the average you're beyond that so rock and roll you are celebrated that age i'm telling you yes <laughs> my name is steve gamble and i enjoy life for the past 18 years as a professional speaker blending motivation visualization very heavy on visualization visualization and vision boards and also blending humor uh whether i'm on stage off stage backstage standing on the street corner or walking down the captain crunch aisle at the store I just want to leave as many plus signs as I can behind me every single day and walk my talk as best I can. And I absolutely love that. And you do, and you share you're um, you're one of those people that if I see Steve is commenting on something, I automatically click it because I know that it's going to be either funny or value packed or most likely both. And, and I love that. And I love you that you mentioned the captain crunch aisle. Cause one of the things you talk about a lot that I love is your um, shopping carts offering to put people's carts away and the jokes that you throw in with that shopping cart rodeo it's yeah my favorite game to play and it costs nothing it's my favorite act of kindness playing shopping cart rodeo yeah and well my favorite part is you telling um people or little old ladies or whoever to um that you don't want to get beat up on camera or something how do you word that because it makes me every i've seen you post it a couple times and it makes me laugh hysterically every time Yep. Uh, What I do is from a safe distance, I'm six foot two. I mean, I'm a big, scary guy to some people is, you know, 15 to 20 feet away. If I see somebody putting in the last couple of bags and they kind of looking around for the nearest corral and it might not be super convenient or if somebody has kids in the car and obviously they don't want to walk away and create an unsafe situation. So I'll just shout out, excuse me, would you like me to return that carriage for you? It's never been refused, but I always see that their purse is the last thing out. And I say, look, before I get over there, please take your purse out. I said, there's a whole bunch of cameras around here. I do not want them to catch you beating me up out here in the parking lot. That would be embarrassing. (laughs) And I love that because not only are you helping people by you doing them a service, you're also making them laugh. Because anybody who doesn't get a kick out of that is just, I don't know what they are, but. You know, I, I love that. And one of the things Thank that you. I love about you on social media is you're always doing that for people on social media. You're always, you're almost always the first one to engage on a post and comment. And I, I don't know how you do it because I struggle keeping up with like a thousandth of what you do on social media, but you're always there motivating and encouraging. And that's just huge. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that because I know that, you know, your business is, you know, vision board and public speaking, which I'm sorry, I want to talk about that too, because I know you've got some big plans for public speaking coming up in 2023. Yeah. But about what motivates you and drives you to be the, you know, inspirer for everybody. Cause that's what it, 
I don't know that there's anybody that I'm friends with that you're friends with that you're not constantly, you know, motivating and inspiring. So I'd like you to talk well, a little my, bit about that. My mentors used to say, hey, man, I saw you commenting on a whole bunch of people's posts today. I'm like, oh, hey, thank you. And they go, get the hell off Facebook and start doing your damn work. Little did they know. <laughs> Little did they know. So while I am on social media quite a bit, and some days, yeah, it's a bit excessive. Every single time I go there, I see people who might be struggling a bit, or they'll finally have that little breakthrough win for them. It's it's a little breakthrough win. And so many of us are plagued by self-doubt, imposter syndrome, and all these other things that when we finally have the courage to actually share with the world, even the tiniest win for the day, in my head, I'm, I'm, I instantly think I need to reinforce this for this person. I want to cheer this person on. I want to be that person, even if I'm not running the same race, is cheering you on in the race, at least to say, hey, this is awesome. Keep doing it. Keep at it. What's next? And, and just try to cheer people on. And that's what I love most about coaching as well. It's it's my opportunity. I can't do the work for you, but if you're going to show up and do it, you bet your butt I'm going to cheer you on or maybe offer a little value or a tip or, hey, I remember when this was me. So if you're struggling on what's next, here's what I did if it helps and and just try to offer up some value. Well, and here's the thing with people who say, oh, you're on social media all the time. You're incredibly intentional on social media. Yeah. You're not like goofing off and watching reels. And I'm guilty of every once in a while I see the like pretty reels with the paint and stuff. I'm not an artist, but for some reason, every once in a while I get sucked into that rabbit hole. But your social media use is intentional. You're helping people. You're, you know, not necessarily prospecting, but planting those seeds as, you know, the vision board guy, because everybody knows who you are and what you do, because you're very intentional with your own posts, you know, motivational firewood, all those things. So I think that's an important lesson for people to learn that see people like you and hopefully me this year, because that's on my goal list is be more intentional with social media. Um, I wish I had room in this room to bring in my, uh, my big whiteboard that I have been writing my goals on. Cause I'd love to show you, I have to send you a picture, yeah. but, um, that is one of them being more intentional on social media and, you know, building that machine. But I think it's important because people see you on social media and they're like, Oh, okay. And then they get on social media and they're scrolling through and wasting time. And, Oh, well, I'm not seeing the results. Well, because you're watching reels about, you know, whatever it, it's the paint and the baking ones that get me I don't know two things I don't do I don't know why I watch those reels but you know I think it's important for people to know that that you're not just scrolling through you're scrolling through to see okay this person did this great let me motivate them this person needs advice on this or this can help me let me say hey great message thank you yeah because that helps too anytime that you yeah. know that I post something because I get imposter syndrome every time I post on Facebook I don't know why um, this morning, my post was like four sentences and it took me forever to hit, you know, the submit. But anytime someone posts and says, you know, great message or, you know, even the fire emoji makes a big deal, makes a big difference to some people. So I love that you said that, that, you know, when people have those little breakthrough wins, it's important to be there for that and to let them know, hey, I'm watching. I see you. Yeah. And, and it's funny this weekend, did you talk about imposter syndrome and, and what can happen when we start to share wins? Uh, somebody whom we both know inside of an organization we're part of was posting about how she had shared a couple of her wins and a bunch of people started trashing her for it and trying to pull her down for it. And I reached out in, in a message and I said, look, 
this happens to all of us, by the way, because some people just are so attached to the older version of us that might not be serving us, but they're comfortable there. It's like that old pair of jeans that might be a little ripped up, a little bit frayed. They're not fancy. You couldn't go anywhere real nice with them, but other people love when you wear those because it makes them comfortable. Well, when you start to upgrade a little bit, when you start to improve yourself on purpose and with purpose, some people don't like that. And what do some people do? They take shots at you and they try to pull you back down. It's like the old crabs in a bucket story. One tries to get out, the others pull it back. And it goes back to a Rolling Stones song, and I'm not going to swear on the show, but it's uh, from 1972, a song called Sweet Virginia. And there's a line that says, you got to scrape that S right off your shoes. And I'm not saying that people are, you know, piles of crap. But sometimes when something around you doesn't quite smell right, you got to scrape your shoes off and keep walking forward, higher, and just get to a better place and understand that's on them. It's not on you. So please, when people do that to you, understand that it's a sign that you are improving. And if you do it right, you don't do it in the egotistical way. Like some people say, hey, I'm succeeding now. Screw all of you. It's not like that. It's you're celebrating it. Don't be afraid to celebrate, especially when you have a win, because it's the greatest gift I think you can give to your future self. It's one of the greatest gifts is to acknowledge how far you've come and now what you're willing to settle for and what you're standing on to get a little higher, to get a little higher, to get a little higher. And uh, by the way, I get imposter syndrome pretty much every single day about something. You know, I was, I was joking with somebody last week. I didn't get the little name tag that says imposter. I got the embroidered shirt because it's been, you know, part of my <laughs> life forever. And I just, there's no way to shut it off. There's just, you just keep working to rewire it so that you don't fall back, back into that same pattern all the time. And I'm way better now than I used to be. Mm -hmm. I mean, imposter well, I mean, used to just be part of every single day. It's maybe it's like the misery loves company kind of thing, but it is refreshing to hear people say that are at your level and have been doing, you know, these things, social media, public speaking, all of that for so long say, hey, I still struggle with this. You're not alone. You know, and I, I want to circle back to something you just said, because it triggered a memory and I actually wrote a note to check in with somebody um, in regards to that. So a young lady reached out to me, not in any of our circles. She's actually in a, a horse circle. That's how we know her. Actually, we know her because she adopted a cat from us, but um, that we found on the side of the road. But anyway, she reached out and I'm not going to use any names because she hasn't announced it to the public yet, but she decided that she wants to um, start a, or write a children's book about her horse. And she was, you know, reaching out, I don't know where to start, yada, yada, yada. And she said something in, in the conversation, she said something of, you know, I don't like to brag and I don't like it when people brag. And so I kind of advised her to reframe that as I had interviewed Dr. Coyle yesterday. And that's what she kept saying is reframe that. And I love that. Um, you know, the reframing of it is I explained, I said, okay, in, in a, in the biggest circle that I'm in, you know, my apex mastermind that I'm in, we don't call it bragging. It's ringing the bell. It's yeah. we celebrate those wins. I said every single day in apex, those are my favorite posts is, you know, ring the bell because, and sometimes they're big, sometimes they're little, it doesn't matter. It's not bragging. It's, Hey, I accomplished this. And it gives people the, you know, I don't want to say permission, I guess, but internal permission, I guess. Hey, so these people are, you know, sharing their wins because when we say them out loud, even the little ones, it makes them feel bigger, right? Or type them out loud, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and 
another thing that I add to that is every time you share something that you've either achieved or overcome or created or whatever. And sometimes we see people say, ring the bell. Okay, it's a really small bell. And my first thought is, take that word out of there. I hear a freaking bell. Mm-hmm. You did something. You're ringing the bell. It doesn't matter if it's the Liberty Bell, which is cracked, by the way, uh, <laughs> or a little tiny, you know, Santa sleigh bell. It's a bell. Be proud of that and share it with the right people, which we do, you know, inside of Apex. It's all the right people there. But every time you do it, you give somebody who's sitting in the shadows, afraid to come into the light and afraid to be the best version of themselves because they may have imposter syndrome. They might go back to all of their perceived failures in the past that tried and didn't quite make it. Every time you do it, somebody else may say, oh, I wanted to do that. And then they'll reach out, Lori, how did you do that? You know, they may DM it to you because they don't want to be that vulnerable in that thread. Lori, I've wanted to do that for years. How did you do it? So you're reaching out into the shadows, which is what I do on stage. I don't speak to the front row. I speak to the shadows. I mean, I make sure my message gets there. Somebody in the shadows every day is looking for a hero. And if you don't ring that bell, you are denying somebody the opportunity to be inspired by you. And I don't mean that in an egotistical way. But somebody in, in the reason I say that and do it that way is because I used to be that guy sitting in the shadows, wishing I had the guts to get up on a stage. I didn't. I mean, my confidence can barely buy a beer because 20 years ago, I didn't have it. And I've, I've grown it all. And by I watching, being inspired I by other your, I love your phrases and examples. You're coming to barely by a beer. I know I'm 54 and the confidence is uh, right now, I think it's around 19 maybe. And, and believe me, it had its uh, terrible twos and its awkward teens in there as well. But every time I see somebody ring the bell for themselves, I sit here, even if I comment or like or put a, a fire emoji, I'm sitting here going, yes, all right, what can I do with this? And then I go do something. And it's like the greatest game of volleyball in the world. The longer we can keep that ball in the air among all of us, doesn't matter what side of the net you're on. The longer the volley goes, the more excited everybody around the game gets. And somebody's going to spike it at the end. But here's the cool part. We all win. But you got to be, you got to be brave enough to put yourself out there and vulnerable and authentic enough to do it. And when you do it that way, I don't see it as bragging because I see the way people word it. There's a way. I mean, there's, believe me, there's a way to cross the line. Mm-hmm. I see you so many of us. I'm amazing. I did it. this and you didn't. Yeah. That's not what yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did this and you didn't because you suck. You know, I mean, there are literally people out there who, who have that attitude. Oh, absolutely. You know, anywhere. Every ladder has a bottom rung. It doesn't matter where you, what wall you lean it against. Every ladder has a bottom rung. And there are those people everywhere. I just choose to step on their fingers and climb higher and hang with the cool people. I love it. Well, speaking of ring the bells, so you just accomplished a goal and got to check something off of your 2022 list. So tell me about it. Uh, I've been on a healthy journey now for a little over 19 months since I first joined Apex. And at the time, I was a very soggy 247 pounds, was consuming a 94 proof bottle of rum per week with the very tall nightly rum and coke to relax. And I joined Apex and I said, (laughs) look, uh, I'm soggy and I don't like the way I look. I don't like the way I feel. I had to use a CPAP because at night when I was sleeping, my body did this really annoying thing called stopping breathing, which was not serving me well. So I stopped drinking alcohol. I started walking one to five miles a day. And then when the weather got cold, we invested in a Peloton cycle. We got it this past January. And I said, okay, Peloton, get the whole platform, get all the instructors. 
I'm going to bike 2,400 miles this year. It's 200 miles a month. I can do that. Now, never mind the fact that my first workout wasn't until January 18th. So this is most of one month gone. In early June, I was traveling for a week and then I came home and was sick for a week. So there's half of June was gone. But I kept getting back on the bike and, and seeing how many more I had to go, how many do I have to do per day, how many workouts per week. Okay, okay, okay. And this morning, uh, I actually videotaped myself, filmed me passing the 2400th mile. And you couldn't hear the music of the instructor because I had my AirPods and all you hear me is going, <laughs> 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 wheezing my way. And as it turned, I only had four miles left to, today to hit it. And then I went over by another four or so. It just felt so good. And, and what it made me think of was every time we set a goal, we're sending somebody ahead to celebrate with us when we get there. And, and if you think about it that way, how many people have we left hanging over the years because we set a goal and then we blow it off? So there's this person at the end of the line who now doubts us and now everybody left inside of our heads doesn't necessarily want to get sent out somewhere just to get abandoned. So whenever we set a goal, I think if we understand that we've placed a version of ourselves down the line, a better version of ourselves in some way, we got to show up every day and at least do something to get closer to that person. And by the way, we also send out some other people who can cheer us along the way. Like that's why you never see in a marathon people at the beginning and the end, there are people along the race course the entire way with refreshments, cheering on, clapping, cheering, handing out the blankets, whatever. Every time we do that for one of our goals, we're putting all of those people out there along the route. So I think we have got to show up every single day. And I never did more than 13 miles in a day. Like that's the most I've ever done in a day is about 13 miles. I ride between 20 and 40 minutes a day on average. That's a workout. That's awesome. Well, it, it felt really good to do that. I've been working on my goals. Um, I, I told, I posted earlier and we talked about it before we hit record. I woke up this morning for some reason. I didn't sleep very well last night. I don't sleep normally, but I think I slept so well the night before because I was so sick. The last night my body's like, oh, wait, I'm not used to, you know, 12 hours of sleep. Let me just stay up. So finally got to sleep. And then I woke up at 4 a.m. And all I could think about was goals and, you know, starting that because I, my everything has changed. My goals are not the same as they were last year. I'm not even, you know, really in the same career path as I was last year. So, but one thing that I really didn't focus on was fitness and health goals. So as soon as we're done here, I will be putting my fitness and health goals on there because you, know, you have your Peloton. I have my, um, my fight camp and mm -hmm. it has where you can like fight against other people. Or I like the you versus you mode where you fight against yourself, like mm -hmm. your past, you know, whatever scores, that's not what they call it. But, um, so I need to put that back on because I stopped doing that. And now my, um, my boxing bag, the like mat in front of it is like Christmas wrapping paper storage. So I probably should put that away and start working out again. So you you encouraged me to get back on, huh, get back on the bike, um, get back on the boxing yeah. bag. I don't, yeah. I don't know, but yeah. So and I've got people who inspire me every day. It's amazing. You know, sometimes you reach out to somebody and go, you inspired me. And, and sometimes people say that to me and I go, really? Uh, what did I do? You, you posted a, a picture of yourself on the bike. That inspired you? Yeah. 
because I didn't want to go to the gym today. I said, well, I'll be honest with you. There's days I do not want to scrape myself off the mattress at 5.30 in the morning. But every Monday through Friday, that alarm, and this goes to big thank you to Mel Robbins. And I got this off of her podcast, uh, her appearance on Ed Milet's podcast. Count to five. So when my alarm beeps, within five beeps, I need to shut it off. And then in my head, I go, one, two, three, four, five. By five, both feet have got to be touching the floor. Then I lean back, I kiss my Tina on the cheek, and I'm off. Down the hall, get my clothes, go downstairs, work out. Every Monday through Friday. And on the weekends, I'll sleep in because Tina is so great about not saying, can we just snuggle a little bit? Because if my eyes close, I'm gone for two more hours. Yep. Deepest sleep ever. And I'll wake up, it'll be light out. I go, uh-oh. How that happens. Yeah. So the the power of five. It, it, and, and that comes back on me all day long. That's a great If I feel book. like I'm wasting time, I'll just say one, two, three, four, five, and I'll jump out of my chair and just go do something, which is better than sitting on my butt for another who knows how long, you know, another rabbit hole. I need to listen to that book again. You just reminded me. It's a great book. I love the principle. I do too. And I love, I, I audiobooks are my jam because I can't focus long enough to read a whole book, but. Yep. I uh, hear you. So let's see. Um, I had a question in my mind and then I wrote that down and I forgot. Um, as far as, you know, you've been talking about your, your goals. I think, you know, you having your big goals, you know, we just talked about this, but inspire other people. So I know you have a, a big speaking goal for 2023. So go into a little detail. Tell us about that. Yeah. Um, when you own two event-based businesses and uh, you have a couple of deaths and then, uh, oh, I don't know, a pandemic, and all of a sudden all the events are canceled, it's a bit of a kick to the teeth financially and in your confidence as well having to switch over to virtual for approaching three years. So my big goal this year, and had a great conversation with my agent, I have, a, I have an agent who represents me speaking. Now we don't do a lot of work together, but she is just an angel. We had a recent conversation. She said, it's about time we get you back out on stage. And I said, good. My goal for this year is to be on 20 paid stages. And uh, I'm not cheap. I mean, I've been at this a long time and my rates are where they need to be. Uh, I'm not doing the the Chamber of Commerce. Hey, we need somebody to talk for 15 minutes circuit anymore for free. That was done in the early days. So this year's 20 stage goal, 20 paid stages is going to be the most activity I've seen in a number of years. And I'm so excited to get back out there. And I'm starting to share that goal. And now to get the attention of people who said, oh, Steve, I know you did the vision board work. I didn't realize you were a speaker too, which goes to show I have not been sharing what I do effectively enough over the past couple of years. You know, so that's a big thing too, is get back out there. Yeah. And you just said something that I want to touch on the, your experience, you're not cheap. You're there's a, a post that goes around every once in a while about like, I don't know, it's like a, working on a ship or something and the yes. old guy comes out and fixes it and they're like $20,000 or whatever it is. No, it took you 30 seconds. And he's like, no, you're paying for the 40 years of experience that it took to be able to fix that in 30 seconds or five minutes or whatever it is. Yeah. And I think it's important because we tend to, and myself included, we tend to not value our experience and our time 
And so I think it's great that you just shared that, that you're like, I'm not cheap. You're paying for my experience. I've been doing this for however many years. That's what you're paying for. You're not paying for the hour of me on stage. You're paying for all of the experience and knowledge that I bring to the table. And I absolutely love that. Thank you. And I I explained it to somebody uh, actually very recently. They were talking about an event coming up. And I said, well, you know, how many people, what's the demographic? Make sure I'm a good fit. What's the biggest challenge they have? Make sure, again, I'm a good fit. I don't want to just go on a stage that I don't belong on. And when we were discussing their budget and they said, how much? And I said, well, it's this much. And they said, oh, that seems like a lot. And I said, well, okay, let's go back to how many people you have attending. And then we divided it out. And it came out to maybe $50 per person. And I said, look, I'm so confident in what I have to deliver and how I deliver it and the impact that it can create if these people take it and do something with it. Essentially, all we need to do is create an additional $50 worth of value in somebody's life over the course of this entire year. And all of a sudden they said, oh, well, when you say it that way, it doesn't sound like much. Because they, you know, so many people just see a number and they go, but they're not understanding the long range impact of the interaction and the sharing of energy and the guidance. And something I say may shift a whole company's viewpoint two degrees. And if everybody embraces that two degrees in the mindset, in the heart, in the actions they take and understanding the goals is not just a money goal, but it's every part of their life goal, even if they're part of a company, to create that little bit of extra value. So we need to stop thinking, Steve's getting paid three to $5,000 for one hour on stage. No, that's not what it's all about. It's not that one hour. It's what we all do after that one hour together. It's the long range goal and it's the value created. It's the difference between here's the way the road would have gone and here's the way it's going now. Couple of degree shift. And when you do that, people then understand. And then early on when I was doing that, when I was charging peanuts, that's when I said, oh, why am I charging so little? Everybody but me told me to raise my rates. They said, you're too cheap. Nobody's going to think you're any good. Exactly. And I held on to that mindset for about 10 years before my pricing went to where it should have been. And even then it wasn't really, it wasn't high, but until I finally got comfortable with it, my agent said this year, she goes, we need to bring your rates up to this range. I said, okay. She goes, really? Whoa. She goes, 10 years ago, you would have crapped your pants. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> that so Now I see the value. Yeah. Well, my, this is, it is related in a way, I promise. Mm-hmm. Um, so my sister-in-law makes these awesome cups. They're not, you get these, these are the made in China, right? Like printed herds are custom made. They take her literally seven days to make. Um, and she was charging peanuts for them and coming to find out she was literally making enough to buy more supplies. She was probably making like $5 a cup. And so we sat down with her, um, I guess two, fourth of July's ago. And we told her, first off, no more family discounts. You don't give away free stuff to family unless it's a gift. Like she gave Taya a a cool cup for Christmas, but no more family discounts because they're supposed to be your biggest supporters. They're not supposed to be asking for discounts. And when you see a cup like this on sale for, you know, $30, $40, you're thinking it is like this, like just made in China, you know, 500 of them sold every minute. No, it's literally one of a kind. There's no other cup like this. And she was nervous to raise her rates, but 
she listened. And I mean, she got home back home to Georgia and almost immediately posted, okay, this is going to be the last week for these rates. Here's my new rates. Here's why. Yada, yada, yada. And her sales increased because people didn't think it was the cheap made in China stuff. Yeah. You know, it's the, and I'm glad we're having this conversation because some you can, I know nobody else can see this because you're the only one that can see my face, but there's some clicks happening as my wheels are turning right now um, that I need to practice what I preach because we started this horse subscription box and it's not, it has not taken off like I wanted it to, mm-hmm. but my goal was to support small businesses. I didn't want anything, you know, made in bulk in it. And everybody says, I want to support American made. I want to support small businesses, yada, yada, yada. But then they say, well, I can't afford 60 or $70 a month for a subscription box. Yeah. Well, okay. So I can do, and I'm looking at the other brand of that. I can do a $35 a month subscription box, but I'm literally looking at, we ordered them to get ideas and because some of the stuff in these boxes is cool and, you know, get inspiration, but it's all plastic made in China. Our box has custom made stuff all made by, you know, super small businesses that are just getting off the ground and people aren't wanting to pay the price. So as we're talking, I'm sitting here and it's clicking and I'm like, I'm marketing to the wrong people. Yeah. We're not presenting this to the right demographic if they have that mindset. They're the, they're the, you know, the people that are saying this, that I, yeah, I want to support American made. Oh, but I want to pay made in China prices. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, I was messaging with my VA this morning and we were talking about dropping the prices and no, we're not. I just made that decision just right now. We're not going to do that because then that's what people are going to expect is the, they're going to assume, oh, it's, you know, made in China crap. I don't need to do that. So, and that folks, is what ADHD is all about. I have no idea how I got to that realization, but here we are. (laughs) Oh, I can relate, believe me. And here's the thing too, is even if you dropped your prices to a certain amount, then you're still going to have people who are at a less price point saying what you dropped it to is too much. And then you're you're sliding right down the slope. And I, I always equate this to going hiking or climbing a mountain. You know, you can, you start at the bottom and you walk up. And you realize that the higher you go, the cooler the view, and also the cooler the people you run into who are willing to make the climb, even if they're on their way up with you or coming back down. The closer you get back to the parking lot and the porta potties and the rotted picnic tables, you realize there's more people complaining about how hot it is, about the smell of the porta potties. But yet they won't walk up the mountain to where the clean air is. They're going to sit there and just complain all the time. And that's it's it's like that in society. It's like that on social media. I mean, really bad. Oh, absolutely. But I've just found that these people who like to hang at the bottom, and there's nothing wrong with that. But when you're trying to climb a mountain and other people want you to stay down there at the bottom and you're like, well, I got a splinter in my butt cheek from that rotted picnic table. And oh my God, the porta potties are right here. And it's 95,000 degrees in my car. I want to go up higher because <laughs> the air is clearer. The view's better. The people are nicer. And I don't want to be stuck here at this bottom of the mountain anymore. If you want to stay here, hey, that's great. Rock on. But I'm going upward. And the higher you climb, the more value I think you're you're going to find in people and in your surroundings as well. So get acclimated. Don't just think you go from here in the parking lot to the top of the mountain. That's where a lot of people go wrong. It took me 10 years to raise the pricing um, in my speaking and also in the Vision Board Mastery Program. When it came out, it was $97 and I hardly sold any because people didn't think there was a value to it. 
And my mentors hammered on me for years. Steve, it's got to be higher. And I would just edge it up $40 at a time. And then finally, about a year ago, it went to a thousand, which is where it should have been to start with. And I've had more interest at that price than I did when it was a discount and I wasn't making any money on it. Well, you know, so I'm a, well, I was a member of the Lions Not Sheep subscription box. That's a hundred bucks a month. Mm-hmm. They, oddly enough, I, and I haven't watched the video of it. I got an email a couple of days ago that said your Lions Not Sheep subscription has been canceled. And I just responded and said, why? Because I didn't cancel it. And they, they said, oh, go look at the video that Sean posted on Facebook in the private group. So I went in the private group and he, for whatever reason, again, I didn't watch the video. But for whatever reason, he decided to temporarily terminate the subscription box service. The number of people in the comments that were, man, I'm going to miss this box. It's $100 a month. Like, if he can get that many people to be upset about not giving him $100 a month anymore, then I can find the right people to give us 60 or 70 or whatever dollars a month for this horse box. The problem is I'm getting in my own head because it's been like three months and we've sold two. Mm-hmm. Um, I just gave away a bunch of them because I'd order all this stuff for Christmas boxes. So I gave away a bunch of them for reviews. Hopefully more than the three people that have already posted their reviews will actually do what they said they were going to do. But, mm-hmm. um, and I wanted honest reviews and one lady straight up said something that she didn't like about it. It was a, um, kind of a subjective opinion, really. It was that she didn't like the smell of a candle. Well, not every reason I like the smell of a candle and it is a horse scented candle. Ew. Um, but everybody else loved it. So we're getting rave reviews of it. I had somebody ask if they could buy like a case of them, but, um, anyways, so it is hard to keep that mindset of my ideal client is there. I just have to find them when the discouragement is like every day. It's like, okay, so I am, you know, spending thousands on this. I'm paying a VA to help me. I'm paying for, you know, the website and marketing and ordering products. So I can't actually ship out the boxes when, not if, when they sell. Um, so this was a really good reminder for me that I just need to stick with it and not settle and drop the prices. Yeah. We're, we're one conversation away always from whatever we're working on blowing up. So the fact that you were vulnerable enough to talk about that just now, Somebody's going to hear this conversation and go, oh, I didn't know Lori did that. Oh my gosh. I know all these people in the horse community. Oh, this, they would love this. And I'm going to tell them right now, they better understand the damn value because Lori just talked about it. And if they don't like the candle, shove it, give it to somebody <laughs> else as a Yankee swap gift and, and right. don't go bitching about it in a review and, and shoot it down because of that. Somebody's going to hear this conversation. And it could unlock, it could be the next big, I love that you said click because, and I don't remember if we spoke about this in in our last conversation, a huge, one of my biggest stage stories that gets most requested is life is like an old wooden roller coaster. We start at the bottom, any goal we have is at the top in any part of our lives. And every day we have to do something to go click, 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 click up that first hill. So when you said click, I said, oh, she understands the hashtag click baby click principle. That's one of my clients gave it that name. And uh, so every day we got to do it, but we also have to make sure we put the best people in the car with us on the way up. So we don't listen to people just complaining all the time. Last time I was on it, I got a bruise on my hip and, you know, some kid screamed in my ear and 
you know, I shouldn't have eaten that fourth burrito and I, I don't predict feeling well on the other side. You know, there's people like that on the ride with us every day. I just don't listen to those people anymore. And about seven years ago, I deleted 60% of the contacts in my phone in 15 minutes between meetings. And I looked and I, because I used to love to just call people and leave a funny message or, or whatever, or encourage them. And I looked through this one day. I don't know why this filter was in my head that one day. I said, if this person answers, are they going to be happy or are they going to just complain about something? All the people that I thought would complain or be negative, I deleted them out of my phone. Not a single name has been added back. So if you want to click, get rid of that tone, that mindset. Doesn't mean they're bad people. You're better than them. It just means, look, I don't want to get bogged down. I don't want to be stuck in a roller coaster that's cooking very slowly towards success. Listening to you and your attitude every day. Telling me what I should do when you've never followed a single damn dream in your life. Those are the people that drive me craziest. Yeah. Steve, you should do this. Why? Because I think this is better. What have you done? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> you know, yeah. what there's gives those people. You the, uh, the yeah. expertise or audacity, or you pick a word, it could probably fit yeah. to, to give advice. As somebody who just got back from an amusement park, the click baby click thing, that whole analogy <laughs> clicks. Oh, speaking of, yep. I just looked out my window and there's a kid riding a horse in the snow. Um, <laughs> probably have probably both of them probably having the time of their lives. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and that's awesome. It's been killing her not being able to ride. So the thing about and I know you guys have similar weather to us, but whenever it snows a lot, it covers the ice on the road. So she actually can ride more. Oh, OK. Then the we're on a dirt road. Mm -hmm. And most of the winter, she can't ride across the road to where her like practice field is. Now, uh, don't get me wrong. She's got uh, 140, 100, no, 120 acres of trails. Mm -hmm. So she's fine. She's not hurting for places to ride, but she likes to go right across the street. Um, and anyway, so get super distracted. But it's cool watching uh -huh. her reach her goals and having these conversations. She So Tay is 15. Why did mm -hmm. I think about that? She's 15. Um, and yesterday when I was in here recording podcasts, I came out and when I came out, she had four pages of goals for 2023 written out. Awesome. And you know, of Tiffany Van Zeitfeld, she's in apex. We also mm -hmm. work together and have been, you know, really close friends for like four years. Um, Taya texted Tiffany, her list of goals. Cause Tiffany is like our goal queen. And yeah. I love that. I think it's super cool that she has enough people around her that she's seen make goals that she just did it. No one asked her or suggested that she make new goals for 2023. Um, so, I mean, if a 15-year-old can do it, why the heck didn't I have my goals yet, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. And, and we do that. We compare ourselves. You know, I, I was talking to a family member over Christmas weekend, and this this person's hardworking, great person, and, and funny as hell. We, we just rehash old stories every time we're together a few times a year. And he was comparing himself to another old friend of ours who's been very um, fortunate in his life that he's in a field uh, at a level of expertise that he's been able to create a great amount of financial abundance in his life. I mean, a, a, a million dollar vacation home in Florida, beautiful home up here and travels the world doing what he does. And he was comparing himself, my, my family member was comparing himself to that person and kind of putting himself down. And I said, hey, do you remember the time in this person's life where 
they were having problems in their marriage and there was all these things going on and they were miserable. And this, he goes, yeah, I go, you're happy, right? He goes, yeah. I said, well, you got that over them. And, and you've got, you know, great kids and this and that, a great relationship with your family. Yeah. And you're healthier. Yeah. And so many people, they compare whether it's age or, or financial number or the car somebody drives or whatever. We have to be super careful about comparing ourselves. You know, I'm 54 and I could say, oh my God, Taya's 15 and she's got her stuff together more than I do. Oh my God, I suck. Because I only have half a page of goals, which I don't. I've got a whole vision board's worth. But uh, we have to be super careful so. <laughs> about that, about comparing ourselves and putting ourselves down because our journey is way different from somebody else's. Yeah, well, and in, in the, on that same note, she has spent her whole life around professional people. She doesn't have a whole lot of teenage friends. She's never she's never liked to hang out with many kids her own age. No. Um, she prefers to be around adults. She's grown up going to you know company conventions with adults and coming to work with us. Her a, a video popped in my Facebook memories not long ago, and it was her very first snow day when we moved to Michigan. And she was what fifteen, like nine. And it was her first snow day from school. And we asked her what she wanted to do. And she wanted to go sit in on training at the office with our classroom trainer at the time, Jordan. And that is what she's been around. Now, I come from a very goal-oriented family. But it wasn't, you know, the, the family businesses and stuff were always in front of me. But the goal setting and things like that weren't smack in my face like they are her. So she's at an advantage as far as that goes as opposed to what I was or what most, you know, most kids are. Um, now she's at a disadvantage because she probably doesn't socialize with teenagers very well because in her eyes, she's like, you don't have goals. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. And, and I like that. I know that's probably bad, mm -hmm. but I want her to hang out with people that do have drive and motivation. I don't want her to hang out with people that, um, you know, have, you know, uh, one of the kids recently, their big goal was to go work the line at a local chain restaurant. And I was like, mm -hmm. great. So what's that? What's next? What do you mean? Well, what's your next goal? What, what do you, what do you mean? What's my next goal? And I'm like, okay, next. <laughs> yeah. So instead, and, and sometimes they just them. don't have the inspiration around them, but they don't have and the that's exactly it with this kid asking yep. them. Yeah. Those questions. And, you know, I grew up in, in a very blue collar family, great family. Love them, and they've always been super supportive. Believe me, because I've, I've crashed and burned my life a couple of times, and they've always been there for me to help. You know, dust me off. I'm I'm like the wily e. coyote of my family, and I I've worn the Acme Rocket roller skates off a few cliffs in my life, but they've always been there. And it goes back to when I was 11 years old. I wanted to be a radio DJ, a stand-up comedian, write my own books, and be a teacher of people, but not in the classroom setting because I had a fifth grade teacher who whenever others, whenever I got done early, which was pretty much always, she would encourage me to go help and mentor and tutor and cheer on the other students who might be struggling with the lesson. So I always wanted to do that. And I went to college for four years, barely graduated by 62 and thousandths of a point with a business degree. Two years later, I got into the radio industry at the urging of a friend, did that for 10 years and just quit abruptly because I was burned out. And then sat in the ashes for a year with just my little tiny DJ business on the weekends. And then I announced I was going to be a motivational speaker and a stand-up comedian at the same time, started to do both and published uh, four books in 10 years. 
at that point. But there's always been these people like, oh, God, what the hell is Steve doing now? You know, he had that good thing going and he wrecked it. But yet when I was younger, it was get a good education, a good job with a good company, with good benefits, put your head down for 45 years and retire with a good pension. That straight line thing. I have zigzagged up and down so many times over the years. And now I'm on a nice, slow and steady up because I finally found a way to take all four of those things I wanted to do, distill them, did each one for a while, but took all the skills and the confidence and the connections and everything it gave me and the resources to do what I'm doing right now. So now looking back, people, oh, Steve, you're lucky. You figured out what you wanted to do. I'm like, lucky my ass. You were, you were bad-mouthing me for years every time I blew it up. Well, I was just looking out. No, you weren't. You were throwing rocks because I was a moron for bailing out on my radio career when it would have killed me had I stayed in it. I would have had a stroke. My doctor even told me, because if you had kept on that sleep deprivation, not eating well, working to exhaustion six, seven days a week, he goes, you would have been dead by 40. Wow. And I got out at 35. So, you know, people will judge, people will question. Doesn't matter. It's your life, not theirs. Not their path. Yeah. 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 And I, and I'm that, one of those like, rocket roller skates off a cliff right now. And I do have, I have the support of everybody. I am super blessed to have a very supportive family on all sides. My in-laws, my paternal, maternal, all of them are super supportive no matter what direction, you know, we choose to go or whatever path we're led down. My path is changing drastically. Um, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail because it hasn't been officially announced yet, but I am currently in a about to start a volunteer position that will likely develop into something else at the church. Not at all what I thought. I mean, if it develops into a career, it's going to be, you know, way pay cut. But the cool thing about it is, even though it's full time, most of it will be remote and um, uh, kind of teaching outside of the classroom, you know, inspiring, motivating, helping, you know, youth kind of on their path. and. That's something that I never, ever, ever anticipated. But had I had I not gone all the ups and downs and been led down that path, this wouldn't have happened. And luckily, I am surrounded by family members that see that and understand the messiness of the, you know, the roller coaster, because my roller coaster is kind of gone, you know, loop-de-loop yeah. um, and zigzag and up and down and all the all those things. So I think it's incredibly important that people understand that, that it's not a, I, I really need to go video because I can't put everything into words and my hands are making the motions, but, yep. um, you know, it's not a, a straight, straight line, right? Yep. The, the road to success, you know, you see all, all those memes of the road to success, what people think it looks like and what it actually looks like, all the zigzags and loop-de-loops and things like that. So we, have to learn those lessons on our own. You know, my mom always used to tell me, well, learn from my mistakes. Yeah, that sounds great in theory. Mm, Never yeah. did that. <laughs> yeah. Had to had to take my own path. So yeah. Yeah. And we can't learn from other people's mistakes because it didn't impact us emotionally. It didn't jiggle the wiring enough. I mean, look, some people would say, oh, learn from my mistakes. I'm like, well, we're not the same. 
Mm-hmm. And, and I don't feel the pain of your mistake. I may feel some empathy or sympathy or whatever emotion I feel and, and feel bad, but it's not going to impact what I need to do. I need to go tap dance in the minefield on my own and then figure it out on the other side. And I, I, I adopted a phrase early on, that which doesn't kill me gives me a great story to share on stage. And when I started stacking up those extremes, the extreme highs and lows, like you said, it's not success is not a straight line, believe me, because that would be so boring. <laughs> um, you know, I've one of my earliest stage stories was called Some Days Your Phoenix Rides a Pogo Stick, meaning you fall in the ashes and then you come rocketing out. But everybody thinks it's like Hollywood, like the clouds part, the music comes up and the angels go, ah, nope, <laughs> that's not how it not works. How it works. I've, I've fallen back in the fire so many times. I think I'm on my eighth set of tail feathers, but now here's the cool thing about it. Every time they grow back, they're stronger, they're more durable, and the colors are brighter because you got experience and you're resilient and you get to climb or fly higher every time. You know, some people say it's, it's bouncing back, it's a comeback. And that's the beautiful thing because now we have experience and we're rocketing up faster than somebody who was just running along the ground flapping their wings and get a little bit of air. We go flying high when we come back. And part of those extremes has led me to now be pretty much fearless. I'll follow anybody on stage. Whereas I used to get so intimidated by people who had a bigger name or a bigger following. I'll follow Tony Robbins on stage. I don't care because I know who I am as a speaker. I know what my message is. I know what I'm all about. I know why I do it. So if Tony ever wants to invite me to one of his events, he can introduce me. I'm going to come out, grab the mic, say, thank you, Tony. Maybe give him a hug off to stand on a milk crate because he's like eight inches taller than me. <laughs> Tell the laser guy to shut him down. Fog machine, turn it off. Thumping music, cut it. Turn on the house lights. I'm going to sit on the front of the stage, dangle my legs off the edge, and have an intimate conversation to 15,000 people about why I do what I do the way I do it and invite them on a little journey of how they can do it too. If they just understand it's this whole industry is not about rah, 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 buy my stuff. It's not, it's about figuring out who you are, where you want to go, why you want to go there. The people you're going to need to surround yourself with, what you're going to need to learn and the steps you're going to take. And then you got to show up every day and do the work. There's no magic formula. And my wife had, while she was getting ready this morning, some mid-morning talk show on and you hear people on there they're like okay here we have this person today what's your secret to success and they said dream big and everybody like wets themselves clapping and i walked past and i go freaking really (laughs) you're you're spoon feeding baby food to these people and this has all the the lasting qualities of a bumper sticker driving by you at 60 it's not going to impact your life that's that's what drives me craziest about vision boards. People see like the arts and crafts project version. And I just shake my head. I'm like you don't get it. You got to do the work. You got to do all those things. I said, you're on a roller coaster. None of it's instant. And, and that's, it took me with three days left in the year to hit my fitness goal today. Got to show up every day, you know, and, and you got to have that person waiting for you, cheering you on at the end too, because none of this is just snap of the fingers. If you set a goal that you can accomplish with the snap of a finger, you didn't set a big enough goal. Yeah. You know, I was, I was working on a goal this morning and I had a friend of mine, we were texting back and forth because she made the mistake of liking my Facebook post at four 30 in the morning. I'm like, Oh, she's up. So I'm going to message her. <laughs> um, and 
I, the hardest part for me about goals and goal setting is the numbers. It is confusing to me to break it down. And it drives Dean crazy because that is his strong suit with goals. He can say, this is our end number. This is what we have to do every second for the next 365 days to hit that end. Me, I can't, my brain doesn't work that way. And so she and I were working this out and the aspect of it we were talking about was my podcast. I want to reach more people. And in order to reach more people and impact more people, I have to have more people listening regularly and, you know, downloading every week. And we were going back and forth and she said, okay, well, if you want to hit such and such number of downloads, which is what I started at, like my, it was my second episode was at this number of downloads. Mm -hmm. And she's like, if you want to do that, you know, every day for or every week for the year, you need this many. And I'm like, no, I don't want, I don't want to reach the minimum of what I did 28 episodes ago. I want to shoot for, you know, and I tried to break it down for, you know, double that for the first quarter and second quarter. And that my brain just didn't, it was confusing me. So I'm like, okay, I just like picked a random number that made a little bit of sense to me. No one else will understand how I came up with that number. And that's totally fine because it's my number, right? Yep. And then I'm going to kind of non-traditionally do it where I have, you know, the list of, okay, hit this goal of, you know, 50 downloads this week. Okay, great. Hit the goal of 70 downloads for a week and then cross them off that way because the numbers and things of it don't work out. But my response to her, because she said, oh yeah, you know, you can hit this number easily. And I'm like, two messages. I think she was trying to prove a point because two messages before she had said literally, well, you don't want it to be easy. Your goals are supposed to, you know, challenge you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I needed to just come to that conclusion by myself. But that, you know, I don't know. I don't even know how I got to that point. But yeah, your goals can't be, okay, I want to hit the exact same number of downloads that I did my second episode when I'm 100 episodes in, right? Right. So um, before we end this, obviously the best way for people to get going on their goals and vision is to reach out and book a call with you. And I'm going to drop the, you know, your info link and all that in the, um, in the bio or description. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, what, what would you recommend for, you know, vision and goal setting is, you know, just the first step for someone that either has never done it before or never successfully done it before? Yeah. First step, do not go on Amazon and buy a vision board kit because it's going to come with pictures of things that you don't want. That's a thing. (laughs) It is a thing. And I've had some people go, Steve, your program's a thousand dollars. Yeah. Well, I can go on Amazon and get a vision board kit for, for like 20 bucks and said, well, good, go get it. Good luck. Call me in a year. I'll take $20 off the price of my program for you when you need it. Know exactly what you want. And that's in eight areas of your life, your physical health, emotional well-being. Holy crap, set goals for the emotions you want to feel on a regular basis. That's a really good goal. Actually, it is. Your relationship, your core values and ethics, which is how you're going to go about achieving your faith and spirituality, if that's an important part of your life, your connection to people in a real way. People have been struggling with that for a couple of years. The connection's been lacking. And also your career and your money. Start thinking even just one goal per category for the next year. Think of what you really want and then dig real deep and ask yourself, why do I want this? And the the answer, because my life sucks, is not an acceptable answer. 
You've got to feel what it's going to feel like when you have achieved that and then start to use that to fuel. Then figure out who you need to be to get there, who you might need to surround yourself with. You're not a numbers person. Dean is awesome. Between the two of you, you can quantify. I'm not a numbers guy. My sister is. So we work together on some stuff. And then start to think of what that goal would look like, feel like, sound like, smell like even to have. Attach as many senses and emotions to it as possible. Then find the pictures or the words or the hashtags. Gather them in a place where you can put them on a board that tells the story. Whatever's most important, put it in the center. Start there. You're going to find out that all these areas of your life are actually leaning on each other 24-7. So wouldn't it be a good idea to have a little say in how this ride's going to go? So see it, be it, do it is what I have on my coffee mug. See what you want. Be the right person to make it happen, meaning you got to surround yourself with the right people. And then take action consistently. And keep track of your progress on the way. And then you can hit, with three days left in the year, you can hit your, your physical health workout goal for the year, which I've never, I've only done once in my life have I hit a fitness goal before. Every other year, just slacked off and said, well, next year. This is only the second time that I've ever seen it through to the end. And I'm already mapping out 2023. And it's going to be a little bigger. Some people, Somebody said, Steve, you should double it next year. I go, dude, I get eight areas in my life to set goals in. I'm not going to double it. I'm adding another probably six weeks worth of miles to fill in all the days I missed this year, then hit that next level. Because it's going to make me better in every other area of my life. Mm-hmm. So those are the things to be thinking of in a gigantic nutshell, the size of a dumpster there. No, I I love it. And that's great. And I, I personally, aside from 75 hard, I've never really set any fitness goals. So that's something that you've inspired me to do to add that to my my list of, of things. So thank you for coming back on. And thank you for constantly inspiring me to keep going. And helping me get past that eight episode mark. Cause I'm telling you, once I got past that, I'm like, well, I can't quit now. I'm not a statistic anymore. So, yeah, I love keep that. Going. Love uh, that. You are welcome. And thank you for inviting me back. And we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago and you said, would you mind coming back? I'm like, would I mind? All in caps. Uh, no, it'd be great. <laughs> so, thank you. Well, I'm glad you did. Cause I, I was still on the last episode one. I was in a, like my workout room. So the audio was awful. I was shaking because I was so super nervous to be talking to you that early on in my podcasting. Um, so I'm super grateful that you came back and, um, I will make sure that we post your links for the vision board program guys. If you, what's your, I know that you're on Facebook a lot. Is that Mm -hmm. the preferred social media for people to be able to, to find you and reach out? Definitely. Yeah, that's where I am most often, although I will be ramping up the other platforms in the new year now that my new website is uh, is done. So yeah, Facebook is generally the place to find me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I will make sure that I post that and um, guys follow him on Facebook because I promise you, you will be inspired. You will laugh um, all of the things at the same time. Um, you know, we, <laughs> you were talking about feeling what emotions do you want to feel in your goals? If you want to feel happy emotions, follow Steve because he will inspire you and make you smile and um, all of all of the good things. Uh, Well, anyway, thank you again, Steve. I am grateful. I appreciate you. And thank you guys for tuning in to listen again. And we will see you next week. 
Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of All About the Benefits. Be sure to appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show. This way you'll get notifications as new episodes become available. Until next time, friends. 